Your Bicycle Podcast. Hey there. Oh, hi. Welcome back to Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Playing the harp. <laughs> you should play a bicycle bell. Bring, bring. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Uh, we're this is a podcast. Rewind yourself. This is a podcast where we ride you on our handlebars through the very best and sometimes the worst parts of pop culture media. Uh, I am your host, Jake, and alongside me is my forever lover and friend, not Jake, not Jake, and Jay for short. No, his name's Luke. It's Luke. He's lying to you, you guys. guys. know me. You can't trust him. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Today, we have some bad news for Thor 4. Oh, War. no. Another prolific actor joins Sony's certain-to-be-terrible superhero movie. Fantastic. Live action Lilo and Stitch news. Hmm? The boys spinoff news and more. So first up, Thor Love and Thunder drops 68% in the second weekend. Oof. Who do you, who do you think this is? Who do you think wrote this? Our friends at Deadline? Our best friends at Deadline. They write, the wearing down of the MCU luster is unfortunately being seen as Disney's Thor Love and Thunder is having a great fall with a 60% or 68% drop for a second weekend of $46 million. (gasps) And the Um, sequel isn't even theatrical day and date like Black Widow was last year on Disney+. Plus. Well, the Taika Waititi-directed movie improved beyond its $130 million opening estimates last weekend into the $144 million range. It's clear those sour audience exists of a B-plus cinema score, which, I mean, if we're going by school grades, that's pretty fucking good. Uh, dude, I, if I would have passed with a B-plus, yeah. I probably would have got pizza. I mean, great. <laughs> Stuffed crust. And the three and a half stars are taking their toll. Three and a half out of what? <laughs> out of a million? <laughs> Thor's second weekend drop ranks among the MCU's worst, including Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which which had a 67% drop, and Black Widow, which also had a 68% drop. Forget about Spider-Man No Way Home 68% Forget drop. About Forget it. about it. And then it lists fucking a bunch of other shit. But. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, A, surprise me or bother me a bit. Like, it doesn't make me think it's a bad movie. They're just releasing them on Disney Plus, like not long after they come out for their theatrical release, eh, like two three months. But say. I guess for like the average consumer, like they'll wait two three months to be able to watch it at home. Because, that, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I saw that people are pretty like divisive on it. Like a lot of people are. I, I saw someone comment saying that it was like a like a hot shots like fucking like parody. Really? Yeah, like that's what it felt like. Hmm. Because apparently Taika Waititi took Funny Thor from Ragnarok uh-huh. and like threw that in your face, like oh. made it like worse. Well, now you're making me not want to watch it as much. And apparently Gore the God Butcher doesn't really butcher any gods. Heard that too. Yeah. So disappointing. It's in his name. Yeah. That'd be like. Apparently he kills like a couple like not very important gods. So. I mean, I mean, if you took a guy named like Ricky the Baker, he better at least bake some bread. <laughs> Which he did bake a couple loaves of bread, but, but not, not, much a, not enough that. to open a bakery. Yeah. See that analogy? And it, I guess there's like a like a god's orgy, really, in the movie. So 
I don't know. I mean, I, I doubt it shows anything. Yeah. If it's Disney rating. Yeah. Maybe they just, I don't know, insinuated or something, but I don't, I couldn't, I don't know if I could see them like flat out saying orgy. Yeah, no. In a Disney Marvel movie. Maybe no. bef- like pre Disney, maybe, but, and I guess that continues the trend of Marvel movies like undermining serious like scenes with humor. Oh, no. Like a serious thing happens and everyone's all sad and someone says something quippy yeah. and they move on. Yeah. It, I hate that. And it seems to be happening more. Mm-hmm. Like even Multiverse of Madness was kind of like that. Yeah. Even like the real tense scenes, there was always that little something in there that like broke up the tension, which it's supposed to be tense. Like keep mm-hmm. that tension. I don't know. I'm still going to watch it, but. And like in uh, No Way Home when Dr. Octopus introduces himself as he says his real name, Otto Octavius. And then there's like silence for half a second. Then Peter and MJ and Ned are like, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Like what? dude? Shut up. Fucking. Do you, what do you think of Taika Waititi as a director, though? Um, I love Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen that yet. I liked Thor Ragnarok, mainly the ending when, or like towards the end, when Thor comes down onto the Bifrost and he has like the fucking uh, electricity, like the lightning coming out of his mm-hmm. missing eye, and they fight fucking Hela, and what's his face destroys Asgard. So I Thor seen- loses his home. I haven't seen Ragnarok in so long, but I remember it being, I mean, it was funnier than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like probably the main takeaway that people got from like, oh, wow, that was actually a funny Thor movie. And then Taika Waititi's like, you want funny? I'll give you (laughs) You more funny. funny? I'll give you a thousand percent more funny. (laughs) Oh, the funny. (laughs) Have you watched Lightyear? No, not at all. Taika Waititi plays a character in that and just like, come on, man. You, you're unneeded. I think we're getting too much Taika Waititi. But I heard Our Flag Means Death is good on HBO. Is it? You know, is, I meant to watch that and just never did. I I, it's might have been because I was hungover and tired, but I watched or tried watching the first episode and fell asleep. <laughs> but after listening to last podcast on the left, uh, like Blackbeard mm-hmm. series, which that uh, series is, is like the same thing. Right. So I kind of want to get back into it. But at the same time, it's like, meh. Yeah, I don't know. Me and Kayla are looking for a new series to watch, so maybe I'll check it out. Have you watched The Bear yet? No, not we We haven't decided on one yet. So The Bear's good. Uh, reservations, re- reservation Dogs is good. Reservation Dogs? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. these, it's like all Native Americans living on oh. a reservation in Oklahoma, and it's about these four kids that are trying to save up money to move to California. Pretty good. Only, oh, yeah. one, only one season out for both. Series, but oh right, pretty good. Yeah, I heard I heard the Bears really good, so I want to check that the out. Boys, sure. dude, I know, I know, I need to. I'm such. I I find a hard time like committing. Yeah, that that was a thing for me. That well, that is a thing for me with reading. Mm-hmm. Just like the hardest part is opening up the book. Yeah, but once I do, I'm just like fucking reading through, no problem. And every time I, I'm like scrolling through Netflix or whatever, I see a show and I'm like. It, yeah. it could be like five stars and everyone's raving about it. I'm like, do I really want to start this right now? But I know once I do, I'll love the show. Just a matter of hit. It's a button. All I got to do is hit yes. And yeah. Then- who knows if fucking Netflix canceled it on a fucking cliffhanger on season three or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. You stop saying, uh, um, <laughs> that too. 
<laughs> Have you watched Barry? Bell Hader's show on I watched, HBO? I watched some of it forever ago. It's really good. Problem is Although like, this latest season, I'm just like, it's been so long since the last season. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I forgot what fucking happened. So, okay, I guess I'll watch this. That so. was kind of how it was with Stranger Things for me because it was so long in between seasons that I'm like, I don't fully remember what happened. And then that made me like not want to start the new season because I'm like, I think I'm going to be lost. But then oh, I started the new yeah. season and loved it. So, Did you know that Stranger Things was supposed to be like a anthology show? Really? Like True Detective or... Tales from the Crypt or yeah, or, uh, or Twilight each, Zone each season creep show like the first season's like set on like who we know as the characters right now, and like the second season is supposed to be different. Oh, it's kind of like American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have said that. I don't. Which what happened to American Horror Story, dude? <sighs> Isn't there a new season? I don't. I haven't watched it in years. I don't know. It got real dumb. I'll say it. <laughs> wow, you're so brave. I know. <laughs> I'm sure no one shares that opinion. <laughs> Okay, let's get back on track and move yeah. on to. Wait, where is it? Oh, Adam Scott joins Sony's Madam Web. This comes from. Uh, not IGN. Uh, Line Dead. Oh, damn it. <laughs> After landing it. an Emmy nomination for his critically hailed role in Severance, which is a show I've only watched a few episodes of, but I heard it's really good. <laughs> I heard it's got an Emmy nomination. Hey. I just said that. All right. (laughs) Adam Scott looks to have already found his next project. As sources tell Deadline, he is set to join the cast of Sony Pictures' Madam Web, starring Dakota Johnson. Also on board are Sydney Sweeney, Celeste O'Connor, Isabella Merce, Emma Roberts, and Tahar Rahim for director S.J. Clarkson. Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless penned the screenplay with Karem Sanga writing a previous draft, which I think those are also the screenplay writers for Morbius. Oh, well, that makes me not want to watch it even yeah, more. It's like, are they offering these actors like hundreds of millions of they, dollars they a piece? To, to, they have all that, that TV money. <laughs> yeah, they all, they have that Sony places in five money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the, the article goes on to oh. state everything else from the previous Madam Web News that we've reported on, it just says that fucking Sony had a hit with fucking No Way Home that made a billion dollars. Oh my gosh, Sony. They're just copying and pasting the rest of the fucking articles from the previous, which I'd do the same thing. Yeah, no, for sure. If if my name was attached to anything that did well, even if it was the other person's like work, I'd be like, no, it was me too. I was, my, my name's on it. I don't know how they're getting these fucking actors. Adam Scott. Why that, why would he even want to? He, hundreds of millions of uh, dollars. He just got an Emmy nomination. Now yeah. he's like, I'm going to be in a fucking C superhero movie. Have, it's like how Eric Andre gets guests for his show. Like, <laughs> have these people never watched? Right. Or it's like uh, Between Two Ferns. Was that yeah. He has like big time actors. But you, like, you know, this is a, what, 15 minute clip on Funny or <laughs> Die or whatever. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, unless people just really love Zach Galifianakis and people really love Eric Andre, and they'll do it for but, free. Like, it's, it's, I mean, some of the Between Two Ferns shit kind of seems scripted. Like, both sides are in on it. But Eric Andre, like, no one oh, apparently mean, has never watched the Eric Andre show or right. their agent doesn't tell them that yeah. they're going to be 
on the Eric Andre show or in Sony's Madam Wife? Yeah, that'd be like going on Hot Ones. Be like, what are we doing now? Yeah. By the way, Between Two Firms is is scripted. Yeah. So good I've, movie. I've seen I've seen bloopers from it. It's funny. Did you watch the movie? I don't. I haven't watched the movie. It's I just movie. seen what's online. It's a good movie. You just fart. Nope. Chair. Mm, sure. Chair farted. I, I just saw you try to recreate the sound. That? Nope. It sounded different the first time. But, yeah, that's all I have to fucking say about that. I'm just fucking absolutely baffled. Yeah. Is this, I don't know, are they lying to us saying that these people are writing a screenplay? Or maybe these people are really good at writing screenplays and they're just, I think, did it for money on Morbius? I think Sony thinks that these people are really good at writing screenplays. I think they think that Morbius did really well because we memed it. We did that. I don't know. I mean, us personally didn't do anything. No, we did that. Us personally? Us personally. We We brought it back in the theaters. We started It's Morbin Time. Get away from that. Yeah, please. Live action remake of Lilo and Stitch gets its director. I already hate this idea. When I saw this article, this is the first time I heard of a live action remake of Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) When you read the headline first, I was like, what? And this comes from a website called DisneyTap.com. Oh, cred- credible source. Yeah. The live-action remake of Disney's Lilo and Stitch has moved forward with the hiring of Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind it- indie film Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, as its director, which I think maybe it was a kid's movie that was highly praised. I don't know. Never heard maybe of it. Maybe it's on Netflix. I don't know. I don't remember. Camp will direct a live action slash CG hybrid. What do you mean they're not going to get live action aliens? It's just some guy in a suit. Hey, I'm Stitch. How <laughs> 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 <I'm> cute. <laughs> just some fucking fat guy in a stained wife beater with a shitty fucking Lilo uh, or Stitch mask on. Oh, well, that means family or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a cigarette. <laughs> the live action slash CG hybrid take on a Lilo and Stitch. The 2002 animated movie from Walt Disney Feature Animation. Dan Lin and Jonathan Eirich are producing. Ryan Halperin is executive producing. Chris Cacanio Kalani Bright is in final negotiations to write the script. Never heard of any of those people. No, but that sounds like something I'd get at Jamba Juice. Can I get the Cacanio Kalani Bright, please? Cacanio Kalani. Kalani with added protein. Yeah, don't think I've heard of... Dan Lynn or Jonathan Eirich? Me neither. Never even heard of, I mean, this does sound like a familiar name, Dean Fleischer Camp. So. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, like, it's probably not even going to go anywhere. Is there really a fucking market for a live action Lilo and Stitch? Was there think? a market for a live action Aladdin? A live action Lion King? All right, you got me. Is it, I don't know. I just can't see it working the same way. Was there a market for a live action uh, Snow White? No. No. <laughs> Was there a market for a live action uh, Winnie the Pooh horror movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> Did you see the poster that released for it? No, I haven't. I'm still mad they didn't name it the Haunted Acre Woods because it was a way better name. Oh, you know what we got to do? Call our congressman? Create a porno call that. Oh, all right. <laughs> We're casting now. <laughs> oh, bother. Uh... I don't know. I was never really a big fan of Lilo and Stitch. Maybe some people are hyped about it. Maybe. I mean, I watched it. My my daughters watched it. There was the even... live action Lilo and Stitch. No, it's 
the regular. You one. are fucking Hollywood Luke Hogan. And and like that TV series that was on for yeah, a little bit. I remember that. But I mean, if you go, what's your top seven Disney movies? I don't Lilo think. Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and <laughs> Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, Lightyear, and then Lilo. <laughs> yeah, Lightyear was okay. I didn't see it. I know you told me. I have girls, so they're not into Buzz Lightyear as much as like boys would be. So I don't get to watch those kind of kid movies all the oh, time. That's sexist, dude. It's just true. Meh. That's yeah. how I, that's how I feel about it. Meh. Meh. I mean, I'll check it out once it comes on Disney Plus. But you know how I feel about it. Meh. 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 Right. So, to better news, Squid Game makes Emmys history as first ever non English drama series nominee. Oh, that's cool. This comes from our. Other best friends, don't tell Deadline, Variety. Hey. Netflix is... We need some variety with our friends. Netflix's Squid Game continues to make history. The brutal South Korean drama about class, power, wealth, and kitty games has just landed an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Drama, making it the first ever non-English language show to receive a series nod by the Television Academy. Squid Game earned a total of 14 Emmy nominations. Damn. Good for them. Yeah, for sure. Including Lee Jung-jae for lead actor. I'm sure I'm butchering all these names. Jung Ho Yeon for supporting actress. Park Hae-soo and Oh Young-soo for supporting actor. And Lee Yoo-mi for guest actress. Did you watch Squid Game? No. That's a series you got to fucking watch. Maybe that's the one I'll pick up next. That was one of the, we probably talked about this. We talked about Squid Games so many times, <laughs> either on the podcast or off. multiple times yeah. off the podcast. Uh, but this was like a show where like everyone hy- was hyping it up, and I'm just like, I doubt it's that good, so right. I kept putting it off. And then, then finally, I was just like, I have nothing else to watch, so I guess I'll check this out. And holy fuck, <laughs> it is a good show. It's what, a good show, which is getting a second season. I know. <laughs> Which you doubted. No, you doubted. <laughs> it's on tape. You can't prove it. Yeah, we we record these on tape. On tape, reel to reel. Using those little old school like five-inch microphones that plug directly into the, yeah. the tape recorder. If you listen real close, you can hear the, the, the tape spooling. Yep. <laughs> so good for fucking Squid Game. Hopefully the second season is as good as the first. Uh, I, I definitely going to be hard to fucking top the first season. You know what I'm saying, Luke? I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> what was that accent? I don't know. I hear you. Oh, I hear you. La, 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 la. <laughs> All right. Uh, to other. Other. Moving on. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> the Boys Superhero College spinoff title revealed. Welcome to Gen V. It's called Gen V. Mm-hmm. It's not called Welcome to Gen V. <laughs> this also comes from our friends Don't Tell Deadline Variety. The upcoming college-themed spinoff of Amazon's The Boys finally has a name, Gen V. Sounds like a animated like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network yeah. show. Yeah, it'd be like coming on right after Teen Titans. Yeah, Ben 10. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Gen, Gen 5? Wait, what's V? That's 5, right? Ben? X is 10. Yeah, V is 5. Yeah. Ben, ben, or Gen 5 and Ben 10. Hey. The cast of the series made the announcement on Friday in a video posted to the boys' social media accounts. 
It's going to be a roller coaster, Star Lizzie Broadway says in the clip. It's going to be filled with blood, guts, and everything else. Chance Perdomo adds, it's fucked up. You're going <laughs> to like it. It's fucked up, bro. Besides Broadway and Perdomo, Gen V stars Jazz Sinclair, Shelly Kahn, Maddie Phillips, London Thor. Ooh, Ooh, I wish London my fucking Thor. London Thor. That sounds like a porn name. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Derek Liu, Asa German, German, Patrick Schwarzenegger. What? what? Sean Patrick Thomas and Marco Pagosi. Gen V is set at America's only college exclusively for superheroes run by Vault International. According to the show's official logline, Gen V is an irreverent R-rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test. Oh, it's an anime. Live action. A live action anime. (laughs) There's so many... I mean, usually it's high school students for animes, but it's like so many of them are just like superpowers and they're in high school and they're like dealing with relationships and shit. It just sounds like the same thing almost. Competing for the best contracts in the best cities. It's part college show, part Hunger Games with all the heart, satire, and raunch of the boys. (laughs) We should pitch shows just like... It's part this, part that, but have it real weird. It's yeah. like, this is part Shit's Creek, part Sex in the City, part Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> we, can just have like a, we can just have like a dartboard or something. Yeah. Or, or, or like a, it'd be like a random rap name generator, but like two <laughs> yeah. already fucking, already done shows or movies or uh, it's some like, fucking property. So imagine this, Friends meets Squid Game. <laughs> Three camera I'd sitcom, I'd watch that. These Five terrible people. <laughs> These five unfunny people. How you doing? <laughs> uh, you doing shot in the head. <laughs> I'll check it out. It'll probably be... I believe they got a Schwarzenegger to fucking be in the show. How old is he? I don't know. At least one. Wow. 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 Uh, let's see, Patrick. I don't even know how to spell. It. There it is. S C H. <laughs> yep, it's probably all I need to tell you. Twenty eight. So. Oh, he could he could play. I'm not twenty eight. Me neither. <laughs> I remember when I was twenty eight. I mean, times. he looks younger than twenty eight though. That's probably why they cast him in a college show. It's gonna, they're going to give him gray hair and a full beard yeah. in the show. He's not very jacked. He's not living up to the name. Wow. Wow. C P is married to a Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah. Uh, Arnie's daughter or something? Oh. I didn't know that. I thought... So I thought probably he, a bunch of weirdos. I just knew he was married to Anna Ferris at one point. No, he left her because... He got he turned he, into a big movie star. No, <laughs> because she had a miscarriage. and Wow, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he... Then he had a kid with uh, Arnie's daughter and made a big old social media post like saying... How much he loved her for being able to give him a healthy, beautiful baby. Wow. Yeah, piece of shit. All right. I'm, you know what? Fuck you, Chris Pratt. Yeah, I know you fuck don't like being you, called Christopher that. Fuck you, Christopher You big old bitch. Piece of shit. You play the same person in everything but Parks and Rec and Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, though. kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. But in like Jurassic World, he's like... Just Chris Pratt yeah. playing a role. 
He's like, whoa. Hold on, Raptors. Whoa. Check out my muscles. I could have played that role. Look, this is me. Whoa. Nailed it. Whoa. And scene. Yeah. All right. Moving on from one weird person to one weird event. Heck yeah. Albuquerque erecting statues of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. This comes from IGN. Hey! <laughs> In a move to reveal what is likely the first ever municipal statues honoring meth manufacturers, the city of Albuquerque is unveiling statues dedicated to Breaking Bad characters Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Why now? I don't know. It's so long after Breaking Bad. And why not, like, Saul Goodman? Yeah. I mean, isn't Better Call Saul still going? I think it's on its last season. Still, it's more recent than Breaking Bad. Yeah. According to a press release, the statues were originally commissioned by sculptor Trevor Grove in 2019. In 2019. 2019. By series creator Vince Gilligan, who was donating the statues to the city alongside Sony Pictures Television. He's donating the statues. He's like, really weird. Here, city, don't forget about my best creation. Yeah, that's. The city had nothing to do with it, really. He's like, look, I commissioned these, and I'm going to give these to yeah, you. And, and you're you going to fucking them put them up. You know why? Because I put your city on the map. I paid so much money for these. I wonder if it's going to be Walter White in his underwear. Ooh. Because that'd be funny, and I'm all for it at that I'm point. I'm all for it, too. Do you think they're going to give strung out Jesse Pinkman? Yeah. With a syringe in his <laughs> Yeah. They're going to have his like character at the beginning of the show. He was like real gangster. Ooh. Like real wannabe gangster. Yeah. The out of time style. Yeah. <laughs> out of date style. Uh, where were we? Oh. Over the course of 15 years, two TV shows and one movie, Albuquerque has been wonderful to us. I wanted to return the favor and give something back. Could have donated a library. Yeah. Had an addition to the hospital. Just, oh, just uh, <laughs> maybe... A check to like a drug rehabilitation yeah. center. Build a rehab. There you go. Call it the Walter White Rehab. Who cares? <laughs> Gilligan said these larger than life bronze statues of Walter White and Jesse Pink- Pinkman exist thanks to the generosity of Sony Pictures Television and the artistry of sculptor Trevor Grove. And I love them. <laughs> it makes me happy to picture them gracing the Duke City for decades to come, attracting busloads of tourists. Sure. Yeah. busloads? Probably not. No. I mean, I mean, it's not a destination I would go to to see it, but if I was by Albuquerque yeah. for some reason, I'd, 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 I'd be like, cool. Yeah, I'd get and my then picture just taken. Move on. Yeah, and then go. Wow. Like, wow, those are larger than life. So. Thanks, Sony Pictures Television. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Breaking Bad, it was a, a cultural hit for a while. I would mm-hmm. say now it's kind of falling off. Definitely. And in 10 years... Nobody's gonna watch it, so you're not getting like new fans to the Breaking Bad's like franchise, I guess. So these these Sprad statues are gonna be obsolete very quickly. Yeah, they're gonna melt them down and sell the bronze. Yeah, and build a rehab. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Sony Pictures Television. <laughs> Could have built a fucking rehab or something, but no statues. Statues. You're welcome, Al- Albuquerque. All right. Do you have any news? Uh, no, I do not. All right. Well, you better fucking find some in the next five fucking seconds. I have a rumor. Well, then let's move on to Rumor Has It and play theme song. Maybe. I heard a rumor. You punched yourself in the face. 
All right. Rumor has it is a segment. A segment. Tell them, tell them about it, dude. Tell them about it. Come on, Luke. Tell them. This segment is where we round up various rumors from the internet and then comment on them. About? Anything. Shows, <laughs> movies. Celebrity deaths. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, or... Just mainly comic book shows and movies. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be comic books, though, but mostly comic books and movies. What do you got? What's your first rumor? You ready for this? No. No? Well, wait till you're ready. Come back tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Anthony Starr. I'll leave this running. <laughs> Rumor has it uh, that Anthony Starr, Javier Bardem, James Dorden, Margot Robbie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Cameron Diaz, and Ryan Gosling are, Gosling are in talks for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow, that's then, a lot of fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ben Affleck might direct an MCU film. Mm. I know we dropped out of directing a Batman movie because it was too much pressure. It's a ton of pressure. So, who knows? Maybe he'll redeem himself for the Daredevil movie. Maybe. A, don't really care about seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in the MCU. Yep, nope. They should have cast him as as Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder they instead should've. of Russell Crowe. And then Ryan Gosling, sure, fine. That's who? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, He's getting up there in age. Like, he still looks good, but... right. I guess he could play like an older Richard Ryder Nova or an older Johnny Storm Human Torch. Honestly, I'm going to just go out and say it. I don't really care about seeing Margot Robbie as in the MCU either. Yeah. Just because like she's already done Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. So it's her I don't know, likeness is already kind of synonymous with that. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of girls still dress as, up as her for Halloween. However, I will watch. Uh, Javier Bardem, and no matter what he's in, so yeah, these are all like older actors, so they'd have to cast them in more mature roles. Yeah, and I just don't know what that would be. And Maybe it, additions knows? to Guardians of the Galaxy or something. And it, 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 who knows if it's even like huge roles, kind of like uh, Idris Elba and the Thor. Like he's in it, but he's not like a huge role. But he's yeah. a big time actor, so it could be something like that too. I'm sure, Idris. I call him Edris because we're friends. Yeah, I know. Ed for short. Ed Elb. Iddy. I call him Iddy. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he wishes that role was a lot bigger. Oh, I'm sure he does. What else did you say? Was that it? There was a bunch. Uh, Anthony Starr. Oh, yeah, he plays Homelander in The yep. Boys. James mm, Dornan. I could see Anthony Starr as like Sentry or... Shit, dude, we're not even thinking of X-Men. Oh, I didn't even think about X-Men. Don't mm. know. Yeah, I don't know. What about uh, Cameron Diaz? Oh, you listed Cameron Diaz? Yeah. Oh. I have no idea. And who knows if any of these are actually, yeah. it's all a rumor. But it'd be kind of cool. I mean, I feel like. I'm sure someone that works at Marvel Studios just saw like a list list of names, but didn't see like at the top, the title was actors in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. I feel like if anybody on this list is like, yes, I can see that, and it probably will happen, it's going to be Javier Bardem. He was in Star Wars, maybe? I don't remember. I don't know either. It was a bad trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I know that... Hmm. I know that Ryan Gosling, he has the acting chops to be serious oh, or be hilarious. Absolutely. He hasn't been in too many big-time movies lately, has he? Ryan Gosling. Barbie. 
Oh yeah, I said big time movies though. So hey, that's gonna Robbie. be the biggest movie of our generation. If you say so. Yeah, I don't see Cameron Diaz. Me neither. Unless she's like some kind of just background character. That's like, hey, that's Cameron Diaz, and then they move on. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, I guess they're not really moving on with Iron Man. But if they were, I could see like a Tony Stark. Cameron Diaz is yeah. Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah, no. Like Tony Stark's at some kind of event because he's still a billionaire, you know? Yeah. And like, you just he's walking through the room and everyone's saying hi to him. And Cameron Diaz comes up. He's like, hi, Cameron Diaz. And that's it. Like, it's just a super like 10 seconds of screen time. Sounds terrible. All right. Well, I don't write the movies. I just judge them. You want to hear about the Ant-Man Quantumania plot leak? Yes. I'm going to fucking read it. So if you don't want to be spoiled by this, then skip forward. (laughs) Maybe five minutes? Sure. Starting now. All right. So this comes from Daniel RPK. He shared on his Discord this plot leak. It starts in a flashback. We see Janet, which is Janet Van Dyne, the, the original Wasp. She meets Kang inside the quantum realm. During the years, she was trapped there, and she senses that he was a threat. And present day, she senses him again and calls the whole ant fam uh, into the QR, the quantum realm. Kang wants to take over the center of time, so he invades the QR, quantum realm. <laughs> they explore it together to see what's going on. They go to the Q kingdom where Janet used to live. The quantum kingdom? The Quantum Kingdom. The King Krylar and Janet had a thing while she was stuck there, and he still has feelings for her, which makes it all awkward and probably funny. (laughs) Krylar is trying to rise an army, trying to raise an army against Kang and his second-in-command, Modok, which is played by Corey Stoll, who was the yellow jacket in the first one, uh, who wants revenge against Scott and Pym. The Pyms are trying to help. Wait, it just says the Pim's trying to help. What? I don't know. Modok betrays Kang and helps the heroes make him powerless and get him stuck in the QR. Their Modok turn on wait, then Modok turns on the heroes and gets them stuck in the QR quantum realm <laughs> for, with Kang while he goes free. The end. This is from a test screening, so keep in mind some might change. Also, they weren't shown the post credit scenes. Hmm. hmm. So did he get this from a screening? Sounds like it Apparently, almost. Yeah. Apparently someone saw a screening and they're like, hey, Twitter leaker, here's what I saw. Hmm. Seems pretty viable. Yeah. Absolutely. Not too much I can comment on it because, like, it seems to be set in stone. There's no, like, well, maybe they did do this, but no, it seems to be, like, it's all there already. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, apparently. Wait, uh, I'll get to that. Okay. All right. So what do you have up next? So, rumor has it, this was a video that I didn't watch. What? It was like a 12-minute video, but all the things that were in the video, the rumors that were listed in the video, I have. So, Amber Heard recasting an Aquaman 2, imminent? Question mark? But it says it has a question mark after it, which I don't think so. I think they're just going to try to cut her out as much as they possibly oh, can. Yeah. There's no way they're... But I mean, they could if it was just one one or two scenes. If they cut it down to like they said the ten minutes of screen time and then recast that screen time, they could probably do it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO gives blessing to the recast. The only hurdle is they're trying to recast Amelia Clark. 
Yeah. And for it's Game a, of Thrones. And it's a scheduling issue. So what the fuck is she doing? I don't know. She's doing bleh. Maybe she's just like, I did Game of Thrones forever. Can yep. I just have I'm a break? rich, I'm done. Can I have a break, please? Yeah. And then uh apparently reshooting Ezra Miller out of the flash is still a viable option. I don't know who according Still a viable option? I feel like they're going to do it. They should fucking start they doing it pretty now, like now. Yeah. So they can push it back for another six years. Yeah. I saw that they put too much money into the movie, so they can't shelve it. I know they're still going to watch it, but I'm, kind of, I'm like, that dude's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> if he was blonde, he'd be a better person. Any other rumors? I do have one more. Okay, let's fucking hear it then. Uh, rumor has it. Steven Spielberg is being courted to direct the MCU reboot of Fantastic Four. I saw that too. Who knows if he's going to fucking do it. I don't know if he's going to do it, but if he did do it, probably be a great movie. I think you've spoken out before about never wanting to direct a uh, superhero movie, so. But, come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it'd be fucking great if he did. He's already done Aliens. Why not fucking... Do superheroes too? Not the movie oh. Aliens. <laughs> I was like, "What, dude?" Just really the subject Scott. of Aliens. Yeah, E.T. And another one. Which one? Close Encounter Indiana of the Jones. Third Kind and Indiana Jones in the whatever Crystal Skull. Yeah, the one with the aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, the bad one. Yeah, that'd be sick. I want, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I I couldn't see Spielberg like taking notes from Kevin Feige. Oh, absolutely not. He'll make it his own shit. Yeah, so who knows if... But I also feel like he would probably... If there's source material, then like he'd probably be like, well, I want it as close to the source material yeah. as I can, yeah, I'm which sure, is I'm, refreshing. I'm sure he'll direct like a more serious adaptation, and then Marvel, Disney would be like, you fucking... You better undermine that drama with some fucking humor. <laughs> probably... <laughs> Oh, uh, it'd probably be like Spielberg would be like, fuck you, I'm Spielberg. They'd probably use some kind of fucking I know he's wasn't involved, but like Han Solo because of uh Harrison Ford. Like it'd be a really like dramatic scene. The girl's like, I love you, and he's like, I know. And people's like, Oh, he did that. <laughs> Callback. Hopefully it comes true. Yeah, I wanna see it if it as soon as it says like confirmed, like I'm all for seeing that right now. Dude. Doesn't matter who they cast. Something that would bring the DCEU into, I think, a good light mm-hmm. would them, like, directing a straight-up horror superhero movie. Absolutely. Because, clearly, Disney Marvel's afraid to do that. That's true. Or else they would have gone a lot darker with Multiverse of Madness. And that's what I liked about, well, not all DC movies, obviously, but, like, the the Batman series is after Tim Burton basically is like they were dark and it's like this is refreshing because you usually don't see dark superhero movies and they should just take that and run with it and do all their superhero movies fucking dark as shit that's what the DCU is supposed to be dark and gritty but never just been yeah bad writing bad directing (laughs) so yeah they should just they're supposed to be doing like a Justice League dark movie but who knows? Yeah, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Who knows? What, what are you doing? Who knows? I'm going to pop a blood vessel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have lots of rumors. Uh-oh. This comes from Tales from the Mod Q, which is from Reddit. Okay. 
Uh, there's Eternals 2 rumors, rumors about Quake returning, the Marvels, and many more. So first up is Quantumania. It confirms Daniel RPK's plot leak. Oh, nice. Uh, Cassie, fi- Cassie is um, Paul Rudd's character. What the fuck is his name? Scott Lang. Yeah. His daughter, she finds her suit in Hank Pym's basement while snooping around. We see Cassie in giant form. Mm-hmm. So that could be added on to, like, the rumored upcoming Young Avengers movie or series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Murray plays Krylar. Really? So he has a thing with um, Janet Van Dyne. Krylar raises an army of humanoid aliens from the quantum realm to try to defeat Kang slash Modok. Modok looks just like he does in the comics. Nice. You know what he looks like? No. Why would you say nice then? Because I like it that it's not. Usually it's like, yeah, it's not, you know, true to what he looks like. Always it seems to be. Look it up. Whoa, that is not right. What? How do you spell Modok? M-O-D-O-K. That's what I thought. There's a movie from 2021 called Modok, and it's like it's weird animated film. I should just show you a screen capture of it. Oh, that's a Hulu TV series. That got canceled. Oh, really? But he kind of looks something like that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's just pretty much just a giant head and yeah. small body. So that looked animated. Yeah. The army fails, but Team Ant-Man summons an army of ants and is able to defeat Kang. How are they supposed to... Summon an army of ants in the quantum realm. Unless that means... They're quantum ants. Yeah, or, they're, oh. or they got out of the quantum realm. And so did Kang and Modok. The QR. Yeah. Corey Stoll plays Mo- Modok. Expect to hear the name Victor Timely in the movie, which is Kang. Uh, and then we have some Wakanda Forever rumors. Confirms Daniel RPK's plot leak. Says it's missing a plot of, or missing a lot of details. Didn't see the plot leak. Yeah, I never heard of it. <laughs> uh, recent bulky Iron Ironheart leak concept art is true. Uh, there's a mutant in the movie. Probably Namor will be revealed to be one, but it should be a big deal as it was talked about a lot behind the scenes. So Namor and then another mutant. Yeah. And there's a Doctor Doom post credit scene. That was filmed with a stand-in. I heard that, yeah. I heard that the concept art or whatever that leaked recently is confirmed. Yeah, so. yeah I saw that too. Looks fucking sick. Yeah. And then we have some rumors about the Marvels. There's going to be a scene of a spaceship under attack slash in trouble. Humans are on board, potentially scrolls too, and everyone is panicking. Not sure if they already were on the loose or if they break free, but there are loads of Flurkin Kitties. Do you remember uh, Goose from Captain Marvel? Oh, yeah, yeah. That ate the Tesseract and then scratched Fury's eye out. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, that's it, a Flurkin. Okay. That just sounds like someone trying not to swear. Like they stub their toe. They're like, Flurkin Kitties. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Why am I pointing at my computer? There's nothing on it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sam, or uh, Nick Fury. I'm pretty sure he says Mother Flurkin after Goose scratches his eye out. So. Oh, I think so, too. Oh, yeah, but there are loads of flurk and kitties, r- kittens running around about, and they start eating people, which scares them even more. Then they start to realize the kittens are saving people by eating them and transporting them to safety somehow. 
So. Mm. Mm. In a segment we call. Mm. And another segment we call. I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it. <laughs> and then we have some echo rumors. Charlie Cox only filmed for a few days. So it's probably a quick, quick little cameo. Yeah, cameo, for sure. He's like, when he fucking pops in, he's like, hey, Echo, where's, Jess, where's Jessica Jones? <laughs> and she says, I don't know. And he's uh, like, okay. God dang it, okay. <laughs> he's like, hey, have you seen Jessica Jones? And she's like, no. He's like, hey, me either. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's blind. Explaining <laughs> oh. <laughs> jokes. One of the villains of the show is described as a hunter-like character that's wild and crazy and will force Echo out of wherever she is at the start of the series. Wild and crazy guy. Wow. And then a couple of Fantastic Four rumors. They're looking for actors in their late 20s to mid-30s for the main cast. No actor has currently signed on for the movie. Wow, thanks. That's a great rumor. (laughs) And then Ironheart. Alden Ehrenreich plays... Uh, Zeke Stain, Obadiah Stain's kid, who is the villain from the first Iron Man. Oh, right. Yeah. And Alden Ehrenreich, speaking of Han Solo, he played Han Solo in Solo. Ah, yeah, I just had to look him up. I didn't recognize the name. And then there is Werewolf by Night rumors. Harriet Samson Harris plays a Transylvanian cult leader. Jack Russell and others hunt man things so that they can get something called the bloodstone which is called blood gem in the comics the hunt takes place in the enormous gothic manner of ulysses bloodstone some corpses will be reanimated and they give instructions on the hunt there are two versions of the special one in black and white and one in color they intend to release it in black and white so it'll be like a old school like universal monsters movie that'd be cool and it's supposed to release Around Halloween of this year, I believe. I'm kind of hoping, as I want to talk about the trailer during spoiler alert or whatever, but I'm hoping that uh, Rob Dami does that with the monsters too. What? Where it's in black and white and color, and you have the option to choose it. In I either. have no fucking hope for that. I yeah, mean, either. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, then Eternals 2. Eternals 2 is on track. There were many production issues on Eternals that made it a harder task than the average Marvel movie. A lot of folks inside Marvel Studios don't want to go through that again. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Plus it was the worst one. Expect Chloe Zhao to either be heavily restricted or more likely not return at all for the sequel. I saw that a lot of people say that they should have made it into a well-thought-out series Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to cram down... All that was filmed into what came out, what the final product was. Right. Which was me. Meh. Effects were cool, but story story lacked a lot. And some animation rumors. Marvel Studios has at least four unannounced animated shows. Hmm. Uh, one of those shows is one of uh, a Jin casting call. Jin will not be a main character. She appears in an episode... In the middle of the series. Wow, that's interesting. The show involves alien weapons that are placed on Earth, which include the Ten Rings and Kamala's Bangle. Kamala from uh, Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the Ten Rings from Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. The show should officially announce during the animation panel at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con. Did that just happen? I think so. I think that I swear, just happened. I, yeah. I swear I saw it when I was on YouTube. 
a couple recommended Marvel like live videos that said like Marvel day one at San Diego Comic Con. Pretty sure. Day two. So. I think after San Diego Comic Con, Joseph Quinn, the guy that plays uh, Eddie in the Stranger Things, said he's not doing any more Comic Cons. No, he was in like a German Comic Con or something. I'll, I'll see. I can, I'll see if I can look it up. No, he announced. So that one stated it was Germany, but it was. Show me Germany. Man, I'm not. I think it was the one in London. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, because the promoters oversold his his meet and greet. Yeah, by like. 200 tickets or 400 tickets or some shit. And they were like yelling at him to keep the line moving. When yeah. He was trying to give his fans a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the one in London. Yeah. And they wouldn't let him stop to take a break to like get a drink of water. Or yeah. Something. I would be too. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't need this. I'm yeah. Eddie Munson. God damn it. Well, I was. Well, yeah. Potentially more in the future. Could be. Hopefully. What if season two will have at least nine episodes and then some casting rumors? Eldon Henson, who plays Foggy, has signed with Marvel Studios. Eldon Henson also played one of the Bash Bros in Mighty Ducks. Oh, really? Yeah. Heck yeah. Deborah Ann Wolf, I think it's Deborah Ann Wolf, who played Karen in Daredevil, should also be back, but no confirmation of her already having signed with Marvel. Chloe Bennett, who played Quake in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., has signed with Marvel Studios. I'm sure they'll make her a mutant, but... She was an an inhuman in in the in the show. And then we got some bonus rumors or some bonus. What would have been something? I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> Gary Oldman was a top pick to play Arthur Harrow in Moon Knight before Oscar Oscar Isaac brought in Ethan Hawke. I saw that his daughter Maya Hawke, who plays Robin, Robin, yeah, she persuaded Ethan Hawke to be in Moon Knight. Oh, really? Because I guess he. Before I stated that he doesn't want to do anything superhero related. So, and Hawkeye isn't listed as a limited series inside Marvel Studios. So, that's a series you should watch. Nope. <laughs> Won't do it. So, we might get more in the future. Oh, I have that's the end of the Marvel rumors. I just have one DC rumor. Uh oh. Uh, at Do or at De Moi. Claims that Dua Lipa is in talks to star in an upcoming DC film. Okay. Yep. I mean, probably won't watch it because it has DC film at the yeah. end of it. So And it'll probably never even come to fruition. Yeah, it's just like that. What is it? The oh, What was his name? The bunny guy. Oh, Bad Bunny? Yeah, doing the... The... Mjort- oh, I can't remember the fucking... The some, fucking wrestling... Yeah, the Sony Lucha Libre movie. guy. Yeah. So that's all we have for it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. We should move on to spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This is a segment where we talk about what we have been reading, watching, and or listening to. Luke, would you like to go first? Yes. Can all we talk right, about the, hurry up. the Monsters trailer? Looks terrible. Holy shit. That's the worst. That's like, like there's camp. And, and then, then there's, there's that. that. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so bad. So bad. It it was like forcing so much camp, yeah. and then I really liked the monsters, like the TV show back. I like in them the so day. much, William Miriam. You know what? Maybe I will, but like, it's it's those characters that made 
the series what it was, and then you cast somebody who sounds nothing like the old character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's that that'll really fucking throw you for a loop. Yeah, like I know there's no like replacing Fred Gwynn, but you can do a Fred Gwynn impression. Yeah. and be pretty close. Yeah, and be like, instead of just I don't even know what that guy's voice sounds like, but nothing like it should. And then Sherry Moon Zombie sounds like Sherry Moon Zombie. Yep, which is terrible. Yeah. It's the, bad. The grandpa kind of sounded like the grandpa from the monsters. He looks great. Yeah, he looks great. Uh, nothing else about that movie looks great. I can tell you that, though. There's a dancing scene. Why? Why? There's camp. Yeah. They're, they're like, hey, you saw Batman 66. How about we made it terrible? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm hoping that they also filmed it in black and white or had the option so I don't have to see all the terrible Technicolor. Yeah. Oh, man. I saw, I saw that it's going straight to Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not going to make any money in the freaking box office. I can yeah, pay that nah. much. Uh, will I watch it? Yeah, because I want to report on how bad it is. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, we're we might have that. to do an episode on just Damn the it. monsters. <laughs> um, but also, I watched The Accountant. With Ben Affleck, and it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. I was surprised. A, like, I didn't realize it was made in 2016. I did, because I watched it in 2016. (laughs) It's filmed almost indie style. Like, it wasn't, like, the 40 frames per second that a normal, like, cinema movie is filmed in. It almost seemed more high def. It looked like how indie, like, number 13 Eerie, how you could tell, like, the camera... Oh, quality. yeah. That was just a cheap fucking camera. Yeah, but the, but for a Ben Affleck film, you're not expecting that. But it was filmed kind of in that cheap camera type of way. I noticed it, at least. For sure, regular movies are filmed in 30 frames per second. I think it's 40. I don't know about that, dude. Want to look it up? Yeah. No, I don't. You can. All right. FPS for cinema. It's like 29.97. 24 frames per second. Oh, so still, this was probably filmed in like sixty frames per second. All the movements were very smooth, and like the backgrounds, were like the way they moved, it was just like this doesn't look like a movie. But with that being said, the movie is about uh, Ben Affleck's character who has oh. I forget what his name is now. <laughs> who has he's a high he has high functioning autism. Yeah, and he's an accountant. Oh. Turns out he's an accountant for like bad guys, basically like. He owns an accounting firm, which he launders the money through all the other businesses in that same like strip mall. He ends up owning all of them. And that's how he launders his money oh, from yeah. the bad guys. But he'll be like for cartels and whatever, smugglers and the uh, Department of Treasuries after him for some reason, which I've never heard of the Department of Treasury actually like trying to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but J.K. Simmons is the head of the part- Department of Treasury, so he's in that too. Like the Department of Sexiness. What? This is what I liked about it. So it's it's an action movie, obviously. But with the high-functioning autism, there's no, like... There's a little bit of a love subplot, but not really. Because, like, he meets this lady at this corporation that he's hired to do the books on. Wow, don't get too specific. I won't. It's about robotics, I can tell you that much. And it's played by... Pitch Perfect Chick. Can't remember her name. Amy Adams? No, other one. Cup Song Girl. Fuck. Who cares? Move on. Uh, Are we really? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Anyways, so like 
he likes her. So when the shit hits the fan after he discovers the owner of the company is was basically laundering money back into his own company for when it went private, it would sell for more shares. Don't know how that works. I'm not a genius at accounting, but that's how it went. That the uh, owner of the company sent to have him killed. And with that, they were going to kill the lady because she was the first one to discover it, which then they called him and he likes her, saves her from being killed. And then they're like in a hotel room, any other action movie, this is when they're like kiss and make love. And then it just doesn't happen in this movie because he's a, he has high functioning autism. Loved that. It just, it kind of just thwarted it right there. I was like, fuck that trope. And then towards the end of the movie, skipping ahead because for time, because plot. Um, because plot of this episode. Yeah. Uh, John Lithgow is the, the head of the company the hi- that hired someone to kill him. Mm. And turns out who he hired was actually the main character, the accountant's little brother, who's also, I guess, an assassin. And so... I'm nodding. Yeah. When he, <laughs> when he shows up, because he, he goes to kill John Lithgow, he ends up picking up, picking off all the men that were there protecting the place there's this like final showdown it turns out they're brothers and they like beat each other up and all that kind of shit but then like john lithgow comes out and uh ben affleck just shoots him and (laughs) it's done and little brother's like hey you want to see me in a week like just to visit so it's like there was no like long drawn out like i don't know peril towards the end of it and then this whole sub, like, there's a whole subplot with the treasury trying to get after him. There's no showdown with like the agent, agent, like the Asian the, agent, a, the Asian agent. That it just kind of they learn, like, about who he is and what he's doing. And then it's like, yeah, no, let's just let that go, and we'll take responsibility for all this. Yeah. I liked it a lot, and the fact that he had autism, I guess, made it. I don't know because he was a badass. But there is like that flawed badass to it, and it was really good. You saying that people with autism are flawed? I didn't say that. Wow! But you don't usually don't see people with autism working as assassins. I don't usually see assassins. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least not the good ones. Yeah, I, I remember it was pretty respectful to like people with autism. Oh yeah, and then it shows him as a kid going to this uh, autism institute, and it turns out like most of the money he makes, he. He donates to the Autism Institute. Hell yeah. And there's this um, nonverbal autistic female that you learn was kind of his, uh, I don't know, his cue or whatever, I guess, for James Bond. Like, he calls her on oh. the phone, and it's like almost computery sounding voice because that's how she communicates is through the computer. I thought that was a great little subplot to it, too. All right, well. So watch The Accountant. It's good. Yeah, it's good. And it's not, it's like two hours, but it's not overly long. I watched The Black Phone. Did you? I did. The synopsis is, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. This was written by Scott Derrickson, the original director for Doctor Strange. Who oh, really? Who dropped out due to, quote-unquote, creative differences from Doctor Strange 2. Or Sam Raimi was just like, get out of here. And it's based on a short story by Joe Hill. Oh, okay. Stephen King's son. Yeah. And adapted by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. And it stars Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, Ethan Hawke, and Jeremy Davies. Hey, Ethan Hawke again. Yeah, Mason Thames and uh, Madeline 
McGraw, they're kid actors. Mason is the main character. Okay. Uh, they're pretty fucking good. Are they? Yeah, Brett said that the kid actors weren't very good, but they're pretty fucking good. Wait, Brett said that? Yeah. You can't trust what Brett says. No. He said that Morbius was good. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Brett. You'll never, you'll never listen to this, but fuck you're, you, you're Brett. 0 for 5 on recommendations <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, there is... Like I, I don't, I know, I, I know that you'll watch this, so I, I don't want to spoil too much mm. for for you. No, it's called spoiler spoiler alert. But there, like the disconnected phone ringing and him hearing voices of the previous kidnapped and murdered children, right, could potentially have been a real thing. Oh, really? Like this kid could have, may or may not have had the shining. Oh, and this is like set in the seventies. Which, if you're gonna have a fucking in the suburbs serial killer, right? Have it in the fucking seventies. Yeah, for that's sure. when fucking like serial killers were running rampant. Yeah, you had the Zodiac killer, Zodiac killer. You had Kemper, uh, Dahmer, Dahmer. He's I think early eighties, but still, he's probably operating in the seventies too. Uh, big who's, one. Who's also the oh uh, Manson? No, in no, the 60s. that was sixties. The other guy. Fucking John Wayne Gacy, him, but the other guy. Why can't I remember his name? Oh my gosh, the Huge Night Stalker. One. Night Stalker, that's another one. You had the Green River Killer, but the big one, Bundy. There it oh, is. Oh, yeah. So good movie. Yeah. Fucking check it out. What's it on? I uh, I think you can only rent it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it for free. You can only rent. Uh, and for. Time's sake, I'm going to skip my other spoiler alert, but I read Irredeemable. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I'll blast through it. It's about this superhero that just got tired of being under the pressure of being a good superhero. Like It's like the Superman-type character, so everyone was expecting him to save everything and everyone at all times. Right. So eventually, he's just like, go fuck this shit. And instead of him having like loving parents mm-hmm. when he was a child, like Superman, like he... Would use his powers in front of his foster parents, and they get scared and take him back to the orphanage, and he get passed around to parent to parent. And heck yeah, but pretty good. I'm pretty long, but pretty good. Real quick, I'm not gonna explain what it is, but I'm also reading a book. It's called The Only Plane in the Sky. It's a is it about one single plane? Uh, it's about uh, well, it's it's a nine eleven book, but it's um nine out of eleven, um. Real people, it's the audio version, so it's like the real people telling their story. Damn. And uh, so it tells it from, like, several different angles. It tells it from people that were inside the trade towers that were able to get out or they got trapped. It tells it from, like, the emergency workers. It tells it from, like, the Pentagon. And then it tells it from, like, news crew and people that were on uh, Air Force One. And that's why it's called The Only Plane in the Sky, because Air Force One was the last plane in the sky. Mm. And it is riveting because you get all the details that you've never heard before. And it's a really good book. And that's what I'm going to do to save time. <laughs> all right. So moving on to Twitter. Twitter. This which week in review. Is this week in review. This week, if this is your first time listening, then <laughs> we've been watching the MCU movies in chronological order. Yes. Hello, by the way, if this is your first hello. time. <laughs> so this week we... F- Fucking got a good movie again. Got a good one. We got a good one. Captain America the Winter Soldier. The synopsis is as follows. As Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world, he teams up with a fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Black Widow 
to battle a new threat from history, an assassin known as the Winter Soldier. This was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo and written once again by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, which apparently writes all the good fucking Marvel movies. Uh, stars Chris Evans, surprise, surprise, Scarlett Johansson, surprise, surprise, Samuel Jackson, surprise, surprise, and surprise, Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this was a fucking good fucking it's movie. A great movie. Might be, might be my favorite MCU movie. I need to by, watch all the ones I haven't watched yet. Followed by Endgame and then Infinity War. Great fucking movie. Yeah. They use a lot of sexual innuendos in this movie. You notice that? No. Uh, the whole Black Widow character was like kind of loaded with them like after she kisses him on the escalator mm. she's like uh, i forget what she says but he's like that's not exactly what i would call it meaning that it, he's horny like there's just like those subtle and i get it it's it's for adults and kids yeah but it, i just i guess i either noticed it more this movie or there was more in there i i like this man out of time version better than in the avengers mm-hmm. yeah yeah cuz in the avengers they insinuated he was a man out of time, but didn't really show it yeah. all that much. And then he was supposed to be fresh out pretty much during the Avengers too, wasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. he visited uh, an older Peggy Carter. Yeah. Who has dementia. Yeah. Which is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Where they're talking and then she starts coughing and then she looks at him. She's like, Steve, is that you? Yeah. It's been so long. And you're like, fuck dude, this gotta be so tough. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, Wait, was he 90 years old, technically? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be hard. Doesn't he mention that in the... Yeah, I think it, that's where I got the number from. Because he's talking to Black Widow or someone, and he's like, I'm I'm 90, year old, 90 years old, not dead, or yeah. some shit. Yeah. I, I wish they would have... They kind of alluded it to it with the Bucky's, like, flashes of memory, but they didn't really show how they were able to recover and make him the Winter Soldier all that much. No, they mentioned... Steve mentioned that for a while, uh, a bunch of soldiers, including Bucky, were captured, and he was experimented on by Hydra and yeah, before by, and, and by Zola. So that's how he was able to survive the fall. Oh yeah, see, they did, it was just kind of in passing, though. I wish yeah. I would. I would like to see it a little bit more, and I don't think they ever really explored that any farther either. Nope. It was. It's kind of a throwaway. Yeah, because. And I know probably for time. After they brought him back, I was just like, don't know how he survived the fall, but sure, I'll I'll accept it. Yeah, right. And I, like I I remember that because that's that's in the first Captain America movie where he breaks them all out and yeah. then they die during their like whatever, and then but uh, it just kind of shows flashes of them like, you know, grabbing him from the snow and then freezing him and doing all like putting the arm. But it wasn't like a full fleshed out like, oh, this is exactly what happened to Bucky and this is exactly why now he can't remember. But whatever. I mean, I get it. It was still a two hour and 15 minute film, so they couldn't have thrown too much in there. Yeah. Captain America is a lot stronger in this fucking. Yeah. In this movie. Like he jumps out of the elevator and falls like 20 stories. Yeah. Onto a shield. Yeah. He's like, that hurt, but I'm fine. Yeah. And like in the Avengers, he could barely leap from one platform to another on the helicarrier. Yeah. And what else? He fucking uh, was able to tank like fucking grenades and shit with his shield. And yeah. Just um, pretty fucking resilient. And the, the banter I like to like. 
between a between him and Black Widow, and then between him and Falcon. Dude, Anthony Mackie yeah. as Falcon, fucking perfect. It, I wish they would have showed a little bit more. It was just kind of during the last battle that you got to see him as Falcon, and then his uh, wings got compromised. So you're like, well, in the beginning when they like debut the wings when they're yeah when they're interrogating um, Sitwell, you see it then, and pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I w- I was thinking like watching him fly like around and through and then he just like disengages them and falls and they can re-engage him. I was like, yeah. that'd be so much yeah. fucking fun, dude. And did you notice where his fucking guns came out of? Wasn't it like something on the arms? I thought or, like underneath, like it, something in here and then it flipped up into his hand. I don't know. I, I don't know if like he like pulled them, <laughs> pulled them out of the wings because a couple of times, unless they like, yeah, you know, like shot out of his arms, but like a couple of times, like he like, Spread his arms out mm-hmm. and either grabbed him out of the wings or like came out of his arms or something. Unless he has more than one, like it's not unlimited bullets. So maybe he had ones that, because I specifically remember the gun kind of like flipping into his hand mm. and then he starts shooting. And then maybe he, he has other ones in the wings for when that one's out or whatever. Who knows? Maybe. Be good to have backup. Yeah. And uh, we got fucking. George St. Pierre is Batrock the Leaper. That, that was George St. Pierre. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, God, he looks a lot like George St. Pierre, but <laughs> he was like beefier for this movie. Probably. George St. Pierre is like a pretty, I'm not going to say scrawny because he's not, but he's like a lengthy, like trim, yeah, lean guy. And he was like, I was like, he's kind of bulky. Is that George St. Pierre? His outfit in this movie, like it was like a purple jacket with a yellow stripe down the middle mm-hmm. that... Uh, is like a nod to his uh, outrageous comic book costume. Oh, really? Yeah, like that's the best I could do with it. it this movie was nice because there was a bunch of, oh. it was almost like a detective movie because like Captain America is now fig- trying to figure oh. out what the hell is happening. Yeah. And there were so many layers to it that it kept you like, you couldn't figure Nick it out. Fury dies, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but then he doesn't. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But then the world thinks he's dead because he has a, a headstone. Yeah. And a cemetery. Is it? That's not the last time we've seen Nick, the- Nick no. Fury, is it? I didn't think so. Yeah. Shit. But S.H.I.E.L.D. is no more. Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield is no more. But I know he was in one of the post credit scenes for uh, Infinity War because it shows him and Maria Hill driving in, a, in an SUV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like the one in this movie. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. And in Civil War, we don't see him because we just see General Ross. Right. I don't see him in Black Panther. So, yeah, I think this is the last time we actually see him. Yeah. I like that they revealed he never actually, like, lost his full eye. Wait, we see him in Age of Ultron. Do we? I haven't watched Age of Ultron in so long since it came out in theaters. When they're on Hawkeye's family farm, and he's like, hey, Iron Man, give me some out of the out of the barn. And he goes in there, and it's fucking Nick Fury. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched that in so. And long. I think that's the last time we see him. But yeah, it's cool that they revealed he never really actually lost his full eye. Yeah, but he kept saying, "Keep both eyes open." Yeah, but he kept saying, "Like last time, whatever that I happened, I lost someone. an eye." Yeah. So I, I, you assume he has no eye, but it's still there, and there's a retinal scan of it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep both eyes gotta open. Keep both eyes open. But speaking of that fucking SUV, that thing's a fucking tank. Yeah, I want one. I want full navigation, and it apparently it can fly. It just I, I, couldn't at the time. I want like a Gatling gun in the yeah. fucking center console. Yeah, 
<laughs> I want everything that that thing has. Fucking. And even this had a little bit of like humor breaking up the drama. Cause like during the car chase, he's like, do this. And it's like, uh, those systems are offline. Yeah. What's online? The air conditioning is working. Yeah. And then they revealed Winter Soldier. He fucking like shoots that, I don't know, fucking magnetic mine or grenade. Yeah. Underneath Fury's SUV. And then Fury cuts out. Cuts out of the fucking SUV with that torch Which had through sh- the street. Was it through the street? I thought it was like a strategically placed manhole. I didn't know. No. Yeah. I, I thought that the first couple times that I watched it, but then I paid attention this time oh. and it was definitely like a square oh, okay. cut out. I liked how it's never, the whole Bucky situation was never actually rectified in, in this movie. Cause like there's the big battle at the end where he's oh, like, why yeah. do you keep calling me Bucky? Cause yeah. he lost his memory again. Cause I shocked his brain. And he's like, you know me. And Bucky's like, no, I don't. You're my mission. Yeah. But then Bucky saves him from the water and then just kind of walks away. Yeah. So like, I think Bucky knows he knows him, but doesn't know how. And it was like, I don't know if I should be killing him. So I guess I'll just put you on the bank and then I'll go do my own shit. Yeah. And then be framed for um, killing the king of Wakanda. Yeah. In Civil War. But Um, this is, yeah, this is the best Marvel movie we've had to watch thus far mm -hmm. for sure. And then next, I think, is Guardians. Mm. I have a list. I'll check it twice. Check it a million more times. Actually. Yeah, because I can never, never remember. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah, it is Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Volume 2 is after that. Oh, so one right after the other? Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I liked Guardians. So. What would you rate this out of six Winter Soldier arms? Uh, I'd rate it five Winter Soldier arms. Rate it. Five and a half. Yeah. Well, an average of five, somewhere around two, five there. Winter Soldier arms right. or something. Trivia. Do it. Anthony Mackie's appearance in this film fulfills his dream of playing a Marvel comic book character. He wrote a series of email pleas to Marvel wanting to play any comic character that would appear on film. Though the studio repeatedly rep- replied to him that, that they will respond in time, Mackie's emails caught the attention of producer Kevin Feige, who subsequently offered him the role of Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. When asked why Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, or any of the other Avengers weren't called to help Captain America or Black Widow in the film, the screenwriters explained that the movie only takes place in about three days. Therefore, the characters didn't have a chance to contact them. Makes sense. They're pretty fucking busy in this film. And you you didn't know who to trust. Yeah. According to Chris Evans, Steve Rogers continues his adjustment to the modern world, which began in the Avengers 2012. It's not so much about his shock with technology. It's more about the societal differences. He's gone from the 1940s to today. He comes from a world where people were a little more trusting. The threats were not as deep. Now it's harder to tell who's right and wrong. Actions you take to protect people from threats could compromise liberties and privacy. That's tough for Steve to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. In the comics, Steve Rogers often struggled financially, taking odd jobs such as comic book illustrator, teacher, etc. However, the Ultimates version states he is financially secure, secure, secure since he was given 60 years of back pay by the Army <laughs> for his time in suspended animation. The film version shows he remains employed as a government agent like the 60s through 70s comic, comic version. 
Kevin Feige selected Joe Russo and Anthony Russo to direct the film on the basis of their two back-to-back episodes of Community that they've directed, with which Feige was impressed. Season 2, episode 23, A Fistful of Paintballs, and season 2, episode 24, for a few paintballs more. Which, those two episodes were, like, so, like, overly dramatic. Oh, were they? Yeah, on purpose. Anthony Mackie likes to say, cut the check whenever something has gone right or a scene has been completed. The phrase caught on during filming, and before long, everyone on set was saying it. However, according to the according to the directors, he overdid it so many times that it started to lose effect after a while. It's, if you watch, if you go to the extras part on mm-hmm. the, on this movie on Disney Plus, it shows that like him saying "cut the check" over and over. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, the Russo brothers mentioned that it, it lost effect after a while. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Comic book writer Ed Brubaker was pleased and surprised at the adaptation of the Winter Soldier storyline. His work on the title, including the return of Bucky Barnes as a Winter Soldier. I got to go out to Marvel Studios and read one of the later drafts of the script. I went out to dinner with directors Joe and Anthony Russo and talked about the project and gave them feedback on what I liked or didn't like or what parts didn't work. I mean, the script I read was fantastic. The tone of it and the Bucky stuff is so perfect. And the way I'd want it to be, I was so thrilled to see that. And finally, the song playing in Steve Rogers' apartment when Fury is waiting for him is the same song playing at the end of Avengers Endgame where Steve and Peggy are slow dancing. Oh, hey, I didn't know that. Adorable. So, great fucking movie. Yeah, super good. You haven't fucking watched it? You're dumb. What's wrong with you? stupid. (laughs) So... But let's move on to reviews. Someone sent us a review. Sent us a review. And you could do that so easily. So easy. Like, so easy. So easily. You could leave a review and get it right on the show by going into the Apple Podcast app and rating it five stars and leaving a review. Just like Issa Cantadot says. Great show. Five stars. Honestly, I like to listen to a lot of podcasts. But this is the best one out there. Pop Culture Bicycle is amazing. Is Thank you, amazing. Luke and Jake. Keep up the good work. Three heart emojis. Hell yeah. Thank you, Issa Cantadot. Thank you, Issa Cantadot. And you can also go on Spotify and rate us five stars to help uh, get people to discover us. So, thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find us. Viewers on- like you. Thank you. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. You can follow the podcast on Instagram. Where at, Luke? At popculturebicycle. And on Twitter at popculturebike. You can follow me on Instagram at popculturejake. And Luke at lukekeyway underscore dg. How do you spell keyway? Figure it out. No, it's <laughs> K-E-W-A-Y. If you, ow, fuck. If, if you still use Facebook, you can find us by searching what? Pop culture bicycle somewhere. <laughs> If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast. What's, what's the email, Luke? Uh, popculturebicycle at gmail.com. Nice. You nailed it. Or DM us on any of our socials. Luke's spoiler alert for the accountant came from our good friend, Zach Basner. Yeah, which I learned 
that he recommended it before he even watched it. Because <laughs> I watched it with him. So, thanks, Bazzy. Thanks, Bazzy. Love you. And we love you all. All of you. Let's join a... Well, let's start a cult. Ooh. The Pop Culture Bicycle. That's right, the name. <laughs> <laughs> Cycle. <laughs> uh, white Nikes. All right. Uh, and as we always say at the end of the episode goodbye Goodbye. see you next time bye bye